0: Matt, I'm tired, and I want to go home. Besides, Halloween Havoc is about to start. Look, you have been picking houses all night long. Now it's my turn. Yeah, that's only because we ended up with two pieces of last year's Christmas fruitcake from the last one you picked. Yeah! Whatever house you pick better be good. Good? You want good? This will be better than good. This one will be great. And I want that. or something, this place ain't that bad. Well, look at it, Matt. It looks like it's haunted. Let's just go home and watch Halloween Havoc and forget all about this one. We've got plenty of candy already. Well, well, who cares about candy? I came here to see something scary. Cool. Uh, I think I hear mom calling. Sisters, what a pain. Who brought her?
1: Hi, kids. Wow, it's Tony Schiavone. Hey, shouldn't you be at the pay-per-view?
0: Um, I have a helicopter waiting to pick me up in a few minutes.
1: What's that smell, Tony?
0: It's my wife. She's baking. Cookies. Would you kids like to have some?
1: What kind are they?
0: Only a kind a mother could make. Why don't you come inside and have a bite of her cookies? We have enough treats already, we came here to see something scary. You want to see something scary? I'll show you something scary. Come inside. Kids want a little fright in your night, huh? Gee, Mrs. Shivani, how did you get up there so fast?
1: Don't you kids know? All things are possible on All Hallows Eve. Frightening, chilling things like spin the wheel, make the deal. Just one haunting spin will lock Cactus Jack Invader in combat when it lands on one of
0: its many ghoulish, haunting matches not going to be scary. If you can't come up with something better than that, we are leaving. Okay. Okay. I've had it, alright? You guys want to be really scared? Get a load of this.
1: Giovanni and Jesse the Body Ventura!
0: This is the Pro Wrestling Reflection Podcast. With your host, the Professor Chao Bello Veracruz. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful, Tommy Wonder, and I will take the powers of those that have no fear, and the prodigal one, J.B. the Queen, yeah. the Queen of the Crop. Now it's time to go back in time, in the time machine.
1: The of the Two. Sweet. living legend. Austin316 says I just whipped your ass. But be the man! You gotta beat the man! Woo! <laughs> Look at this! He's not <laughs> going I don't
0: believe it! <laughs> Trick or treat, reflection nights. Trick or treat, magnificent seven. Trick or treat, elite eight. Trick or treat, naughty nine. Trick or treat, tenacious ten. Well, maybe the terrible ten. I don't know. I'm just going on on a diatribe, reflection nights. But anyway, you know we're getting close to that month, to that to that day of October 31st the day of Halloween, the day we trick-or-treat, the day that we wear our costumes. You know, people are gonna be dressed like Donald Trump. People are gonna be dressed like Joe Biden. People are gonna be dressed like Hillary Rodney Clinton, Satan herself. People are gonna be dressed like Osama bin Laden. That'd be me. But anyway, neither here nor there. But I wanted to give the Reflectionites, the wrestling fans, the nostalgic fans, a little trick-or-treat. So we will decide. Is this episode of the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at a trick or a treat? I'm gonna, I'm on the fence here. I'm an independent, so I'm not gonna say nothing here. I'm not gonna say nothing, Not a NATO, nothing. But that is for you, Magnificent Seven. That is for you, the PWCites. That is for you, the big Vitoites out there on the Patreons. On the power beings to decide for yourself if this particular episode of the PWR podcast, which we will talk about Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety three, is a trick or a treat. But first, I must introduce myself because I am vain like that. I have a vanity issues. You know, I sin all the time. I am that man. I am that magnanimous man. I am that scholarly man. But most importantly, reflection nights, I am the glorious man. The only objective man, that's not a costume, the only objective man in the IWC YWC, the only objective man in this podcast punditry, the only objective man in this political fan fan base, your friend of mine, the Professor Chabelle Cruz, and I'm not here alone. It's a treat to be with this gentleman right here. It is a treat. To be with the man that is the iron stomach one it is a treat that he is a conservative liberal a liberal conservative he is the idiot of the dumb dumb duos your friend and mine mr wonderful tommy strong aka the tommy wonder himself and i must ask you this question you know before you talk about anything about the matches the people here what do you think first and foremost what is your vote is this episode going to be a trick for the reflectionites or a treat for the reflectionites trick <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm assuming trick is the lesser of the two uh
0: but sure, it's your opinion
1: it's it's pretty bad and as we go through it i'll explain why i feel that way um okay right off the rip
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's funny because i've talked about this before when we did starcade and you know i remember well, I clearly didn't watch this one because when it right when it came on, I'm like, okay, we have a we have a company down south who calls the WWE a circus, a sideshow, a clown, all mm-hmm. these characters. I've long talked about. Beach with Hogan, not Hogan, Vader and Sid versus Sting and Bulldog as one of the worst vignettes in the history of vignettes, the boat blowing up, Sid, Vader, Uh, the the mountain of fear, White Castle, fear, whatever the hell, Sting and and Vader with the helicopter, Mm -hmm. Uh, the big show running down Hogan in the jungle and choking him out and saying, Hogan, when I get my hands on you, that, that Dungeon of Doom stuff. And you are you artists. are
0: giving wait you are giving uh, iconic moments in wrestling lore. Well, go ahead. Yeah, well they're all they're all cheese, and if anybody <laughs> even
1: dares defend those and still calls the WWF a clown show, I saw the opening of this for the first time. Where basically mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone is a pre- child predator and he's trying to get kids in his house <laughs> and then turns into a monster <laughs> to eat them, and I'm like, who okayed this? I'm, and then the way he looks at the camera when he shuts the door, like, yeah, I got me some ass in here right now. It was brutal. On top of the acting was terrible. Once the show
0: started. You, Tony, oh, are you, wait, wait. Are you saying that Tony Schiavone was R. Kelly before R. Kelly was cool?
1: I piss it on these kids. Yes, Jess. I am saying that. There so, you go. <laughs> but him and, him and Jesse were okay. Once it started, it felt like a wrestling show, which mm-hmm. is funny because I just digress because what the reason I brought this part up is when I talked about Starcade. The first one we reviewed, the Starkade 1 or 2 or 3, whatever one we did first, and mm-hmm. I was like, this felt like WCW Saturday night that just happened to have a main event of Flair versus Dusty. The opening match of this pay-per-view, which is supposed to be a big deal, is Harlem Heat and Evad. Before he was Evod, he was the equalizer, mm-hmm. who looked like Barry Windham with Kevin Sullivan's head. Right. Those three teaming together, which is the most un-pairing ever, I would see them doing a racist storyline with Equalizer versus Harlem Heat before teaming them up. And then their mm-hmm. opponent is Ice Train, who didn't he end up being their cousin or some shit? It was Harlem Heat's cousin for a, an angle, or Mm-mm. was that I know Ahmed Johnson? The, that was Ahmed Johnson. They, they just... Ice, Ice Train had some kind of feud with them. I just don't remember what it was. And he's teaming up with... with
0: Charlie Norris? Oh
1: no, he's the one I remember. I don't even remember who the other guy was.
0: Shockmaster. How did I forget that?
1: <laughs> oh, th- this was like Sunday main event. This wasn't even a Saturday night show match. And wouldn't have was made warm-up. more sense on paper? Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Time out. Time out. Flag on the play. Flag on the play here. But that's a warmer for all the for all the people at the Lakefront Arena in New Orleans. To get
1: the stars is- that shouldn't have made the pay per view because it's just like, hey, we got six guys, we got nothing for. But mm-hmm. the thing, the reason I wanted to bring them up, this is before we start recording. I said, they're they're Kent, uh, Kane and Cole. They're not even Booker T and Stevie Ray here, right? Uh, which is funny because they used mm-hmm. then they had that twin tag team that looked like a couple of Stings with Brock Lesnar's haircut or the Cole whatever, Twins, mm-hmm. and they were Kent and Keith Cole. Hmm. Kane and Cole, Keith and Kent Cole. It's just, it's just, they're all over the place here, man. This is. Well, this wait, 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 the wait, 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 wait. Before hold they on, went hold, up
0: hold. to the call up. Hold up, as we say here at the PWR podcast. To be fair. To be fair. K- Kane and Cole are spelled with a K's, and Kent and Keith Cole were were the C-O-L-E's, So I'm just gonna, you know, go ahead right, on but your but they,
1: Keith and Kent were with K's though. They weren't.
0: No, their first names are K's, but right. their last name started with a C. How right, Heats right, 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 right. were K's. Right. But, go, but go ahead, ZW. Can keep and going. Goals.
1: Yeah. It just, it just was odd. The, the whole thing started so horribly with that vignette. And all I thought is, A, I clearly didn't see this until yesterday. Mm-hmm. And B, is this a case of if you can't beat them, join them? Because these are the people
0: mm-hmm. who said the WWE was a circus and then had that. Well, you know what? It's funny that you say that. Because we could actually talk about this before we even get – we'll delve into the high-profile matches here at the PWR Podcast at at pwsonetworks.podme.com. Shameless plug for all the Reflection nights out there. So let's talk about the business in general, T.W., before we even talk about Halloween Havoc. Now, you're already saying it's a trick, so I'm kind of leaning towards you. But anyway, 1993, or 93, as we would say – it is a trick of a year for professional wrestling. Let, let's look at it on a grand scale of everything, TW. Follow me here, here. Yeah. Now, let's look at it from WWF or WWE against WCW. We, you know, the competition, all this stuff. Now, remember, Hulk Hogan is now gone from WWF. He is, quote-unquote, retired from wrestling. So now WWF is kind of rebranding themselves in the next generation mold. They're going smaller, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels are kind of leading the charge and all that stuff. Diesel's not there yet. Razor Ramon hasn't, you know, you know, got the the people behind him just yet. You know what I mean? I'm just saying the the, the core is not is not fully there. The, the real core, the real damn, I didn't I didn't mean to bore you, but I'm trying to I'm trying to make it fun. But anyway, the the core of WWE is Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. Let's just say that. Now, I look on the other side with WCW in 1993. Let's forget about the management T.W. We know how mismanaged that WCW was. Ted Turner loved WCW. We got that part. But everybody in TBS or TNT, the Turner Network people, just did not know how to operate WCW. We can agree on that one. But, goddamn, within this damn roster, within this damn pay-per-view, even though you're making fun of the first match, which was a filler match, which was a heater, you know, get the people going match, well, look at the roster in comparison to WWE. You got Big Van Vader, international superstar from Japan. You got Cactus Jack, hardcore legend, international superstar. You got the icon or the franchise here, Sting. You got Sid Vicious, who last year... Co-main evented WrestleMania 8 against Hulk Hogan. You got a legend coming back into WCW fold in the Nature Boy, Woo Rick Flair. You got one of the number, the top five antagonists in wrestling in 1993 in Ravishing Rick Rude. You got an upstart in the Natural Dustin Rhodes. You got untapped potential in stunning Steve Austin. Goddamn TW! Next time, get the rapper going. But anyway, neither here nor there. (laughs) But, in looking at, but looking at the roster, WCW is stacked against the WWF. But, again, besides management, I'm just look at it from the fans' eyes. WCW should be kicking WWE's ass in 1993. What say you, T.W.? Well, two things. One, three things. The mismanagement, obviously. They, they mm-hmm. got these guys, but
1: they don't know what to do with them. Right. It's, great, it's the greatest American hero. He's got the suit, but he don't have the instruction manual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Two, some of these guys ain't shit yet. Like, Yeah, you can look back and say they had Steve Austin and they had Dustin Rhodes and they had uh, even Sid for that matter. Sid was good as Sid Justice, but he was better as Psycho Sid. I think we could agree. Um, mm-hmm. I think Sid Justice didn't get enough time to be good. By the time they figured out he should be a bad guy, not a good guy, he left. So he comes back as Psycho said main event WrestleMania against Undertaker, Mm
0: -hmm. way
1: better than him main eventing against Hogan, right? So So you got that. And 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 what was my third thing? Mismanagement. Those guys Mm -hmm. aren't there yet. And then I guess those are the only two things. This is mismanagement. There was a third thing, but I guess I tried thinking, well, oh, I got to do the mismanagement thing. And, and also, people are loyal. So they're already – so that's what I was going to say. A, some of these guys were, in hindsight, stars, but not at the time. Even Dustin Rhodes. Because Dustin's not really shit until
0: so he becomes Gold Dust. Now he's – I, I get you. I'm just, I'm just saying, but you got – Untapped potential in Dusty Rhodes and Steve Austin. You got
1: Sting as your friend. Machine, they mm-hmm. would have watched it,
0: right? That's why I'm see those saying. guys
1: before they were I, stars. But, but stunning Steve. I love that dude from the second I saw his ass. I was mm-hmm. like, dude's a star. And literally, I've said it. on am before the very first match I ever won in a wrestling ring. I was become. I won and they crowned me Northern Ontario Wrestling Inter- or light heavyweight champion. I did three jumps in the air and then dropped down to my knee and kissed my bicep and held the belt up because I watched Stunning Steve Austin do that when he won the U.S. title. So, mm-hmm. and not Steve Austin. I watched Stunning Steve when he had long hair and he put right. in that nasty ponytail and all that. And then mm-hmm. I went back and saw old matches of him in uh, World Class. And I think he teamed with Rod Price. We talked about them before. But, but I always liked him. But he been in this show. He's wearing the Hollywood blondes gear. So he's not even he's a tag team that's super over that he's booked as a singles guy and Pillman's nowhere to be found other than they, bro- they, they
0: broke up. At and this why was point. he still wearing the Hollywood blondes gear? They they said he's part of the tag team. Mismanagement. They really just mismanaged what everything right. is because that that that's a great example. I mean it's an it's an easy out reflection ice that we could always say mismanagement, but I'm I'm trying to look at it from the eyes the lens of a fan because if you really look like I said 1993 like WWE is you know rebranding themselves on the other side and again the technical side with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels leading the way and then of course you got Undertaker with the the larger than life comic book character which is still you know is still over a guy they got from WCW Absolutely, and again, a guy they got from WCW who was the diamond stud before he was Sky hauled that before that, and then Diesel, a guy they got from WCW who's honing, who's starting to get into his own over there. That's why I said they they weren't there yet as a core because the core was actually three, but here you have here again you have a stacked roster that you know people be like, why didn't WCW at least in 1993? Overtake WWF, at least compete, or at least yeah, you're right, at least compete. I mean, you have Halloween Havoc in New Orleans Lakefront Arena. You got six thousand screaming fans, give or take. And again, I and I thought of you when I saw this pay per view because you kept always talking about that fish eye. That's one thing that WCW, no matter what, we we can all. I think any fan any reflection i and even you and i we hate kevin dunn for for a lot of reasons <laughs> but kevin dunn i'm not giving kevin dunn any credit i'm just saying we hate kevin dunn but i'm just saying wcw the the production people in wcw especially in 92 and on they really honed on their production values cost cutting whatever they did it worked tw i mean that fisheye lens it was 6,000, but it looked like there were 60,000 there. What's saying yeah. about the, the way the production value, you know, was improving? Because again, in the 80s of the NWA, and then it turned into WCW, it was grungy, it was dark, and dark. all this stuff. And then in the 90s, when Ted Turner was trying to put a little money into it, you know, he had Kay Allen Fry as an executive vice president. He had Bill Watts as an exec- executive pri- vice president. And then, of course, in 94. He got it right. He hit He had a home run with Eric Bischoff. So what say you about, you know, the improvements of WCW behind the scenes? That's funny because
1: watch any NWA thing. It's that they show the audience with nothing there. And then that old ass font comes up that just says NWA, the tired logo or the mm-hmm. NA was like a bleep, like a heartbeat or whatever, which right. I like that logo, by the way, the NWA all forming one letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looked like. ABC Wild World of Sports, apparently I'm going to talk about that every week on here. Just look, which, again, gave it an 80s gritty sports feel. But, yeah, that fisheye lens, to see that in person, that was Great American Bash 95 when I was in O'Hara Arena. They tore that down last year. O'Hara Arena in, in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the back, I'm looking at the TV screen. And I'm like, damn, this place is huge. And then I went through the curtain and sat in the audience to, to watch matches. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this is like a, a local hockey rink. Like, I can mm-hmm. play in this building. And very impressive with that fisheye lens. That, and it was Scott DeBoer that told me what it was. I'm like, Scott, why does it look so huge out here or in here? But when you go out there, he's like, fisheye lens or whatever he said. But And the production, just like even how the, the Super Brawl, how it came on the screen and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I would say they went from, this is going to age me, and you're going to be aged right along with me when you know the reference. It went from 8-bit Nintendo, mm-hmm. maybe even Atari, to to uh, Neo Geo graphics. <laughs> like, it just, mm-hmm. the Dragon's Lair
0: game versus uh, Dig Dug. So, and, and, and Neo Geo was supposed to be like 32-bit, and that that looked kind of ugly. But anyway, I get what the reference you're saying, because, you know, it went from 8-bit, or it went from 8-bit to 16-bit with Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. It was just a, it was a vast improvement of the presentation because you know WWF was already doing it in the '80s. That's where I will give Kevin Dunn and his production people credit. But in the '90s, WCW kind of like yeah again Ted Turner put a little bit of money into the product to make it look professional.
1: I'll bet Chris Jericho wished Kevin Dunn was
0: charged of that bump he took off that cage. Well, that's a that's true because then his <laughs> arm his arm wouldn't have been fucked up as it was. But anyway, neither he nor their reflection. So. You talked about it before we even started this, and I actually, because I asked our executive producer, Big Ray, to actually play the Reflection Nights, the intro of WCW Halloween Havoc. So <laughs> I, I think we have to, because you actually in your diatribe kind of said it, you know, there was a point in WCW, and this was the Bill Watts era, and this is still kind of Bill Wattish, but we don't know if he was fired by this time, but he, he might have he been there in theory, but he was already gone. You know, he was probably just picking up a paycheck, no matter what. So he was just—he was there, but he wasn't physically there. You know, he's like a—he's like a man who's like give. He gave his two weeks' notice, but he's still there and just trying to like, you know, I'm just counting down the days. But anyway, ne- neither here nor there. But you said it yourself. I mean, Bill Watts wanted to be wanted WCW to go back into the '80s, sort of speak, in the professional wrestling competition mold. You just said it right here. You, the intro. Tony Schiavone dressed as Dracula. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, the
1: intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, in,
0: the, in, the, in the building, he's dressed like Jesse <laughs> Ventura. No, no, I, yeah. I, we'll, get, we'll talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But in the intro, he's dressed like Dracula, and then he's getting the little kids in. This is WWE. Like you said, this is sports entertainment. This is like... You know, not taking professional wrestling seriously. I have no problem with that. It was they were trying to be funny, but you know, when you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, TW, does it come off a little corny to you, or is you know, or do you give it a for effort? What say you, TW? I'm not even gonna give it a for effort. A for effort's the first time you do it, but when you keep doing
1: it, your effort mm-hmm. sucks too because, like. Gobly Gooker is probably the first thing that comes to mind for me for uh, a, a miss by the WWE, but it wasn't this well thought out pomp and circumstance shit. It was they just mm-hmm. thought they'd have a mascot, right? Poor Hector Guerrero. He, was, by the way, he was Lasertron. He was one of my favorite guys on the NWA, but mm-hmm. but they they were shooting for something different here. This wasn't, uh, and so okay, I'll, I'll give you a vignette, uh, and they I think they did one recently on wrestling, but uh, Ultimate Warrior and Jake the Snake where warriors trying to get snake over his fears of whatever Mm -hmm. that shit was well done. No no pun intended Kevin done. It was well done. And you literally felt like Jake, the snake buried the warrior up to his neck and left his ass in the desert. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't over the top music. It wasn't over the top sound effects. Like this shit was just next level too far. Right. And, and I right. get it. They're just like, we're outdoing them. And no, no, you're not outdoing them. You're making them look better because yours is so all over the place. Like, I'm dead serious, man. The, the Oz thing before you come out, and then Tom Zink takes the L, <laughs> like a job guy already in the ring, and then he did it for someone else. We just did a show not long ago where where Z-Man was the, the other guy's debut who took forever Vader. to come up. Vader. And then he got whooped in two seconds. So all that stuff is like, thing like when it came on live all I thought was did they just play that shit in the audience like did they play it on the TV and the people there had to watch that or do they not mm-hmm. know that happened until they got home and rented the Coliseum home video or whatever WCW's version is but the, the problem is I will I will say this one of the worst ones for WWE but at the same time what you got out of it so I guess the, the ends justify the means the, the macho man wedding where he gets Mm -hmm. you know the snake is in the gift box but ends up giving you macho man back as a wrestler like the warrior's like yeah yeah let him wrestle let him wrestle and you got the ultimate maniacs out of it right so yeah that was cheesy that was corny um the saturday night main event halloween parties they would have in between matches was cheesy and corny but it wasn't overproduced it was just Mm -hmm. like they just threw a camera and said go be idiots and they went and bent what were idiots right this shit and then he turns into the dragon thing at the end, and these kids are running for their life, and the door opens, and I'm expecting Stinger, Robocop to be standing there to save them, and they just go to the arena. Like, fuck it, them kids are dead. And now oh, here we are. Here's Halloween Havoc. Let's show you Ice Train, Kane mm-hmm. Cole, Uncle Tucker Fred, and the Equalizer. And Oh, you didn't even let me talk about that damn Charlie Norris. What? How's that guy even signed, let alone on camera, on a
0: pay-per-view, in an opening match? Is that, in- is that dude? Does he have in, pictures
1: of somebody? Because I don't even. Remember
0: sensation Charlie Norris, you know, he he was taking he advantage. Sensation. He had the nicest headdress. He was mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> he was built like a man
1: on hospice. He was he was he was terrible. All he was he, was a caricature of but, every
0: Native American wrestler ever. Well, he's a Greek guy playing a role, so what's the problem? I mean, you know, playing uh, the Native horrible. American. Horrible! I'm like, how do I not know who this guy is? Uh, okay, I so I get long. what. I, I get what you're saying. Again, with your diatribes, you know this was overproduced. With Tony Shavani as the Dracula, White Castle of Fear oh, was they, over. Why? That's wouldn't it be better if Bobby Heenan's the one <laughs> trying to eat kids, not Tony, Mr. Goody Two Shoes Shavani? He wasn't there yet. He didn't Bobby, get there to. No, uh, he didn't get there till November.
1: Well, then Jesse. But again, you know what it, I get what they did at the end. He pulls his mask off. It really isn't Tony. So the again, right. the, the the whole gist is. Hey, you thought it was Tony. And that's why you came in. Except for Tony was fucking creepy before he got him to come in the house.
0: It, it, it just was. Are, are you. Wait. Home. You know, the, you know that there's certain reflection nights on the YouTubes and, and sometimes reflection nights always call your bias out. you know, against AEW. But we're not going into the AEW thing. But, you know, you gave the passes to some WWE vignettes, but you won't give a pass to Tony Schiavone. You won't give a pass to White Castle. That was one fear. of the
1: worst things I've ever seen in wrestling. Easy. White Castle. White Castle up here? I, no. Oh Funny is the damn child molester getting kids <laughs> in his house on Halloween. It's terrible. Uh, what's our number one question? Could you do that in 2021? No. No. That dude and his red van would be shut down. There was no way that would air in 2021. None. What if it was? And if me? I'm proven wrong, when NXT does Halloween havoc, if they have a vignette like that, open the show, I will take a shot at
0: NXT. Oh, they will have a. They will have some kind of thing with Dexter Loomis in a in some kind of Halloween themed vignette. But anyway, neither here nor there. So let's get into this card, if you will. We're gonna oh, ice. We're gonna like focus on the high profile matches. You know, we're not gonna talk about Ice Train. Ice Train is not worth our time. We gave Ice Train even more respect it's than it Charlie to Norris. But you know what? Since we were talking about the stack roster, Ice Train is Hobbs. Well, you know, Hobbs never – he's the Dick Clark of wrestling because Hobbs just morphed himself (laughs) into Hobbs. But anyway, (laughs) let's focus on one of the matches, and we call it the untapped potential match here. We got the natural Dustin Rhodes, and we got stunning Steve Austin. This was for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship TW. This went on for about 15 minutes, so, you know, I know that you kind of fell asleep here and there, so I get that part here. Let's look at it from the standpoint you said – Dustin Rhodes is being shot to the moon by his father, the American Dwing, Dusty Rhodes. So I just want to focus on that for just a, a, a second because Dusty Rhodes debuts in WCW in 91. And really, once he got into WCW, after his role in WWF and all that stuff, you know, f- fighting Ted DiBiase to a 10-minute draw, you know, he got his name, you know, noticed. He got his name noticed because of that situation. So now he goes into WCW to hone his craft. And developed some street cred, if you will. But he didn't develop street cred. It was nepotism, in my opinion. Of, of course, because when you got the American dream, Dusty rose on your side, you know, he's being, I don't want to say being gifted the tag team titles, gifted the, the television title, or gifted the, the U.S. title. But from 91 to here, 93, multiple-time champion in every which way, tag team U.S. TV cha- champion. T.W., if this is 2020 Wonder, if there was podcasts, if there was, you know, YouTube's, people be like drawing dust, you know, drawing like a lynch mob towards Dustin Rhodes. They wouldn't even like this. They would actually like they would. He'd, it would he'd hurt get Die, Rocky,
1: Die or Roman Reigns. Stuff. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. What, what say you, T.W.? I mean, am well, I right about here's that? What assessment? Think, here's what I think. There's a couple reasons why I
1: think Dusty does it. One, Dusty's over. So of course, if, if you're gonna have some nepotism, it might as well be Dusty's, like you or Flair. Flair had a son that could go; David couldn't. Um, but Dusty doesn't have the greatest body, but he looks like Barry Windham. He looks like Magnum T A. Partly because he dresses like like him, but that tall, lanky bill, like Magnum T A. was built like the freaking warrior. So he's different. And even though it's ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. Dusty's still trying to find the next Magnum TA. Like Vince is looking for the next Hogan. Dusty's looking for the next Magnum. Which, Mm -hmm. by the way, there's always been rumors that Vince thought Magnum was the next Hogan. So people liked Magnum TA. So Mm -hmm. I think by putting belts on them, because back then belts did mean something. They don't mean shit now. Of course, they they. meant something back then. Like if you had a belt, you had clout. You know, like Mm -hmm. like people thought, oh wow, this guy's a champ. Um, Other than the six man titles, which are terrible, but. So, so to put it on there, it's almost like he's legitimizing him, right? I mean, and I don't even remember his run other than that 10-minute draw with DiBiase. Um, So, he might be trying to wash the stink of WWE off of him by putting him down there and putting him over and everything like that. He kind of could wrestle. And I think in his eyes, Dusty, but a better-looking version of Dusty. Like, Dusty Mm -hmm. had to have self-esteem issues for his look, right? The dude's got the birthmark, he's overweight, but he had Mm -hmm. charisma by the gallon right so maybe he's thinking hey if this guy's half the guy i am but looks like that he's gonna be over and i don't think it ever happened i think that little Mm -hmm. teenage girls cheered for him and like woohoo even when he teamed with uh Wyndham, they had like a rock and roll express not the level but the same kind of fan base um and then the second one who do you trust more as the promoter than yourself your son you Mm know it's von eric you know, Kerry, Kevin, and David, and uh, Mike, Mike aren't going anywhere. They're they're not going to stiff you. They're not going to hold you up for money. They're going to show up. They're going to defend the belt. They're going to, you know, they're going to be your guy who you can trust to put those belts on. And even though WCW had a ton of belts, you know, by this time they just had TV World, US, and then somewhere there was a cruiserweight title, not like it was a Nitro. But light, it was light heavyweight somewhere. Light heavyweight. Uh, yeah. Uh, Danny King or whatever. But anyway, I, I just think they went all in on Dustin. They went on. I think they liked his look. And I think down there, you couldn't do that in New York. Mm-hmm. In New York or Detroit or Chicago is going to give a shit about a lanky blonde cowboy, right? Maybe Magnum right. TA, but I don't think they would have had Magnum TA. I think they would have gave him some kind of cool gimmick when he got to WWE. Like, perfect mm-hmm. example. A guy that looked like Magnum TA was Scott Hall mm-hmm. when he was Gator Scott Hall. This dude comes up there, and he's Razor Ramon. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's a mm-hmm. complete opposite of a cowboy. He's a Mexican, right? So, or Cuban. but uh, Cuban. I think he just trusted Dustin, and I think he was hell-bent to leather. That's a Judas Priest reference, hell-bent for leather, to prove that his son was going to be a star. And, and he did get proven right, but mm-hmm. as gold dust. Yeah. Him in AEW is just – he's a nothing burger to me there. I don't even – he's Dustin, but he paints his face like gold dust. Like, pick one, buddy. I see you're half-painted and all that, Darby Allin Jr., but just pick one. Be Dustin, be Blue Dust,
0: whatever you want to be. He, um, no, he picked it. He picked his name. It's Natural Dust. That's it. No, I'm just joking. It's nat- oh, To me, it's Natural Dust. He's just –
1: he's never on TV, but when I do see him – He's taking a shot at WWE, which is weird because they let him out early so he could go be with his brother. Like he's another one of those guys who shouldn't have sour grapes. Um, and so, but maybe that's for that's for TV, that's for TV oh, purposes. I, that's absolutely, purpose. I'll, I'll bet you the second he gets off camera, he calls Triple H. I'm sorry, man. You know I got to do it for business, right? I got to do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and the match is okay. There's one little spot that's pretty awesome. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Austin, Well, wait, 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 before uh we get to the spot, let's talk about his opponent, the challenger here, represented by (laughs) Colonel Robert Colonel Robert Parker is stunning Steve Austin, now, here, this is the dichotomy, TW, so I'm going to explain it a little bit, yes, he is still part of the Hollywood Blondes in some way, shape, or form, but because of Robert Parker, they're trying to, he's the wedge in Jesse Ventura's favorite tag team, and he's trying to promise them that he's going to take them to the moon and all that stuff, like Cameron Grimes. He's taking them to titles. He's taking them like to, to, to million-dollar contracts and all that stuff. So this is proof positive that Steve Austin is getting a shot at the United States Heavyweight Champion. And of course, a year before that, he was with the Dangerous Alliance, the uh, television champion. And, and again, you liked him with the long blonde hair. He shortens, he shortens his hair here, TW. So He's not stone cold yet. He's not the extreme superstar. He's trying to find himself, T.W. I, I would say in 1993. What say you, T.W.? And then we'll talk about the spots. That's Dexter Loomis, yes. <laughs> hey, I, I,
1: he's awesome, but he's, he's still wearing the Hollywood. I, I didn't understand why he was going. Then I'm trying to think, is this where he won the U.S. title? Like, no, because he had long hair when he won it. So I don't even think they mentioned that he's a former U.S. champion in this match. Mm-hmm. They just keep talking about he's a Hollywood blonde former tag team champion, whatever, and and all that. But I got to talk about this damn spot. It was awesome. Go ahead. Now, go ahead. The golden rule in wrestling when you get trained is you don't get up off your ass. You turn to your knees and you stand up for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One, it's easier on your body. And two, in a wrestling match, if you were getting up from your ass in a street fight, you would be put right back down on your ass because it's such an awkward way to stand up. And he's trying to pull Dustin up. And it just looks like a botch. Like, the whole time I'm like, oh, come on, Steve. That's a, that's a bad look. What are you doing? What are you doing? But then Dustin slingshots him from that. So I'm like, oh, okay. It was intentional. But lands on his back. Austin uses the momentum to go up the rope and then drop an elbow on Dustin on the ground. And, like, even even uh, uh, Jesse was like, that was a beautiful move. Like, he was probably like, wow. Like, like. Mm-hmm you never saw it coming and it was a terrible camera angle. And I wish they would have showed another angle of it. So you could see the form because it looked like he almost did the headstand who who does it in modern wrestling where they, they they get thrown to the corner and they do the headstand and then they come back off of it and do, or, or even like, uh, the handspring elbow from Tajiri where they Mm -hmm. hit the rope and they're upside down. And then he went to the turnbuckle and went up like that and then came back down with an elbow drop. And it was just a thing of beauty. And, uh, other than that, it was a snore-fest of a match. It was like you're thinking on paper, this is going to be great. It's going to be Steamboat Savage like, but it was it was really clunky. Uh, and then even the even know, the fin- even the finish was clunky. The finish because, was horrible because they never even explain it.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, Austin won the, the the match. He won the title, but and because Dustin didn't kick out, his shoulders were on the mat. And then the referee kind of botched it. I don't know if, if the referee didn't tell Dustin to kick out or whatever. And then Steve Austin is, t- is looking for the belt. Like, he didn't know where the belt was. Right. And, and the funny thing that got to me was then once Dustin – and you know, side note here, Reflection Knights, you know, I know a lot of people, because in 2021, Wonder, uh, T.W., I, I just want to say this. Multiple times in this pay-per-view, a lot of people won with the roll-up. I, I know a lot of people <laughs> – I don't know a lot of people people in twenty twenty one to TW, they go on the social media and you know when especially when Raw's on or SmackDown's on, they hate the roll up win. But it's a factor of winning a match. But anyway, neither here nor there. Can you hear me, T W? Yeah, you were you froze up. I don't know if you were clear on your end, but on my end, I'm my I'm you. clear on my end, so don't worry. You know how it is. Biden is whether.
1: But you said you said they don't like the roll-up, and then I didn't hear what you said after that. You froze up. Uh, I'm,
0: I'm, just, I'm just saying they don't like the roll-ups in 2021, but in 1993, in this particular pay-per-view, a big-time pay-per-view, certain wrestlers won with the roll-up. Just Justin like- did pin
1: him with the roll-up while he was looking for the belt. Yes. But the referee never and then why he just said your foot was on the rope, and then Jesse kept saying, why'd you count three then? Why'd you count three? Um, so it was almost like... What was the show we just did where the, uh, uh, the other referee came out ECW? He's like, no, 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 no. Oh, you mean his foot was on the road? Right. But, mm-hmm. but the, his, the own referee did it. The same guy that damn counted it was like, no. Changed mm-hmm. my mind. Foot was on the road. It was just terrible. I did not see the foot on the road for that. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to go deep inside baseball. Do you know why that spot happened? Even though they did not do it right? Why did they do because it? Because later on in the night, there's a second referee. For the main event, one of the main events, mm-hmm. and they're basically showing the chaos of needing a second referee suddenly in this mm-hmm. match. Except right. for that referee catches it. What would have been better? They the surprise for when we talk about the match is if that other referee would have came out and said, "No, no, 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 no!" His foot was on the rope. You got to restart this, which would have
0: gave him credibility for when he was doing the other match. But that's armchair booking. Yeah, that is armchair booking, but also to remind reflection nights and I get where you're saying, that was so that was the beauty of the 80s in NWA when a referee missed a spot, senior referee Tommy Young would come out from the locker room and actually overturn a bad call, a bad judgment call by a referee. And you know the and the fans go home happy. So this was not a fans go home happy. This just made no goddamn sense. And then the funny thing was Steve Austin finally found the belt. He knew where it was because he needed the belt to do his spot to hit Dustin Rose on top of his his, his noggin and then continued this feud. But anyway, the bo- it, I call it a botch ending. What say you, T.W.? It was a botch ending? It was drizzling shits, it wasn't it?
1: <laughs> they didn't botch it because they did it. But they didn't explain mm-hmm. it right. It just it's just—it's. Mm-hmm. We need Robert Stack to do an Unsolved Mysteries episode on this. say, like, "Hey, what happened here?"
0: I, I totally get you, and I totally understand. So you know, I guess I call it a botch. You call it the drizzling shit. So. It is. So it is. It was a. Botch. You know what? No, Not no. By no. The boys,
1: it was a botch by production. Okay, I, I, Austin I was gonna. And Dustin did what they were supposed to do. That's what I mean by it wasn't a botch. Got they you. didn't. They didn't AEW it. They didn't triple mm-hmm. power bomb a guy. It. They just. They did their move and the referee just, ah, shit, I counted three. And I will tell you this, it, there's a rule mm-hmm. in these. I'm sure it applies to WWE and, and WW, WCW at the time. If you're supposed to kick out and you don't, the referee is told to count the three count. Right. Because otherwise, if the referee stops and doesn't count a three count and you're still pinned, it makes every referee ever look phony. Or or well, no the referee gets fired. The referee would get fired. He,
0: right? But they seen. tell you if
1: he don't kick out. Because here's what could happen. And 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 in modern wrestling, AEW, NXT, even uh, some of them TLC matches where there aren't pins. There's mm-hmm. dudes that get hurt who might be dead or unconscious, and a guy pins them, and he ain't kicking out. That's mm-hmm. not a bad thing, even if it means we got a new champion when we shouldn't have a new champion. But Ole there's Hart a reason. Austin. Right. Owen Hart should have penned Austin, but he couldn't because of the kiss-my-ass stipulation, right? But mm-hmm. you easily get out of that by saying he got injured, so he couldn't kiss your ass. And then when he comes back, Owen could make him double or nothing. You kiss my ass twice, and then Austin could win that way. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, you, you, they, they were like, shit, we can't have Austin kiss my ass. I gotta, he's got to beat me.
0: But in hindsight, mm-hmm. Owen
1: should have penned Austin.
0: Absolutely. I agree 100%. So I will com- I'll combine the two. We'll call it the drizzling botch for this match between (laughs) Dustin Rhodes and stunning Steve Austin. Now, let's get into another... I guess we'll get into the high-profile matches here, TW. We got... I guess they called this the Battle of the Franchises, which made no sense, but I understood why. (laughs) It was Sting versus... Well, you like him as Sid Justice, or you like him as Psycho Sid, but everybody loves him as Sid Vicious, TW. Again, represented by Colonel Rob Parker. He he had a busy night here. But the battle of the franchises, again, when you look at it from this standpoint, Sting doesn't have a title. But, again, the title of being the franchise of WCW, you know, that, that's a big title. That's a big deal, you know. Especially this is Sting at a young age because, again, 1988, he was, you know, he took Ric Flair to the draw and Clash of Champions won. Five years later, 1993 – He's the number one man in WCW, with or without a belt. That's hands down. That's not debatable. This he's is the a guy that never left. Right, the guy that never left. The guy that's loyal. The guy who just came back. <laughs> that too. That, we who who is? He's a heel, but no one no one loves to hate him. I mean, they love to hate him, but they just love him to death. That's the problem. He has it, man. The dude mm-hmm. has charisma. I don't. I can't explain
1: it. But Sid has it in spades, man. He just there's something about the guy that just he's you just gravitate him. He's got that Hogan charisma without the Hogan mouth. Because if that dude could have put it together and talked better,
0: mm-hmm. shit, he wouldn't hey, have here-
1: been Star. He wouldn't have been at Halloween Havoc. He would have been at another WrestleMania for ten more years. He would have been the undefeated streak.
0: Now, now the funny thing, TW is they could have went to a lot of parallels here, but they wanted to keep this straight as, as the battle of the franchise or maybe Sid vicious is calling Sting out and wants to t- take the franchise title tag away from him and he wants to be the guy but halloween 1990 tw they fought each other for the wcw heavyweight championship so you could build off of that but they didn't so you kind of have mentioned a, it, you have they a mentioned it in the
1: passing they said and I mean I think but it was you, in the same venue
0: no no that was in chicago in 90
1: you know what they did say in chicago they said it was the same pay per view yeah. but in chicago
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did. No, no, no. It. But you know, you know, no, mentioning it is one thing, but building the the match from that is a different thing. And of course you had the, uh, the, the that's the one where Wyndham came out as sting. Yeah. That was 1990. mentioned that.
1: I was waiting for that. Yeah. So they must've been, he must've been the widow maker at that point up in
0: WCW or WWE. No, I mean, he was there in, in 1993, even in WCW, you know, but I don't, I don't want to get into the, logistics. he was there. Yeah, he was there. Oh wow, it's funny. That's why I'm just saying they didn't really build on this match that had a lot of. Th- and of course, your greatest uh, vignette of all time with Sting, Bulldog, Sid Vicious invaded on the beach and they blow up the boat and all this stuff. You know, you build on this rivalry, you build on this heat that they have between each other. TW, I thought this is a to me. I'm gonna look at it from 2020 Wonder Eyes. TW, and I'm trying to be nice here. But I think this is a filler match. These two did not need to be on the card here. There's, you really just try to throw something at it, you know, throw something on the wall and see if it sticks, in my humble opinion. This could have been a better match, like you said. Mismanagement, what's the ETW? I'll tell you what I think they did.
1: They knew if they kept harping on the world title, they're going to remind the people that this ain't a world title match. There's two mm-hmm. more world title matches to come because they got Absolutely. two world titles. And neither one of these guys are in it. So if you talk about that too much, it makes it look like neither one of them matter anymore. They were trying to put the emphasis on whoever wins this match will be the face of WCW, the franchise. So they were trying to make that more important. Not necessarily more important than a world title, but the focus on this match. Like, Sting takes pride in being the franchise and the face of WCW. And yes, it would have been a name alone that Sid called himself the franchise or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's a weird thing to fight over, right? Like, that's like, come on, dude. People aren't going to just stop. Oh, staying lost. We got we to gotta cheer for Sid now. Uh, you know, people aren't that damn stupid in the South, you know. But uh, <laughs> but Well, sometimes they, they, sometimes they are.
0: Sometimes they are, I'm had, just saying. They
1: felt probably like they had to mention that they fought for the world title before, but that's it because if you keep harping on it, it's like, oh, yeah, these guys aren't world title contenders anymore, and we got four of those tonight. We have mm-hmm. four guys fighting for world titles, but uh, it's just I just think they were just trying to put the emphasis on their personal feud, not at prestige. Well, being a franchise is prestige. No, no, I mean, the world title would be oh, like okay. the, the highest up the food. No, title. no, I, you I don't, I, even, I'm, no, you don't no. even have to have a per, like. Yeah, but he wants to take that from Sting. That's the personal mm-hmm. part of it. Whereas right. world champion. Yeah, I don't want you to be world champion. Because I want to be the world champion, it's different. You know what I mean. He doesn't necessarily want to be the franchise. He just wants to say, "Sting, you're not the franchise anymore because
0: I beat okay. you." Okay, now I'm going to say this for all the reflection Again, I'm going to be. I'm. I'm doing this from my 2020 Wonder Eyes reflection eyes. So I guess maybe I'm. I'm really going to grill on this pay per view a little different way. But again, we we get the logistics, TW, and we get why this match has to happen. I. To me, I thought they could have made it better. They could have built it better. But that's neither here nor there. But you said it. Sid Vicious just has it. But that doesn't mean he has it in the ring. Right. (laughs) He has it when it comes to promos. He has it it when it comes... Hogan didn't mm-hmm. have
1: it in the ring either, so
0: yeah, I think that's debatable, and I, I will give you some j- j- Japanese tapes to prove you wrong. But and I will give you WrestleMania six to prove you wrong again. I guess it must be the dance partner. But I will say this: Sin has it, Macho like, Man or Warrior, Warrior. Come on, yes, it's a good match. It ain't no damn clinic. I I'll ain't say it's a clinic, I'll but I say it's a. I'll give you Halloween having with Hogan and Warrior w what way your mouth. I, I'm talking I'm just but I'm trying to be fair, Hill. To be fair. I know. Sid Vicious comes out of the, the curtain. Everybody all eyes are on Sid Vicious. But once that bell rings, you know, sometimes you know where Sid's uh attributes his positive positive attributes. You know, when it's a tag team, he's good. Being in that ring and for the little maybe like thirty minutes that he's gonna be there, he's a killer. But you could, ask, you could ask him to go ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Sid Vicious's weaknesses really come out. Agree, disagree? Have yeah, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. And you put Hogan in there for fifteen minutes. So the
1: Warrior in there for fifteen minutes. Damn near put Sting in there for fifteen minutes. Yes, he did sixty minutes with Ric Flair. But that's where you got to give credit to Ric Flair saying, "Do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do that again. Do this." So really, it takes two to tango. And all the times that Sid's been in there, he's in there with guys who aren't the guys who are going to take you 60 minutes and again if you were going to say hogan warrior from wrestlemania 5 all credit
0: goes to savage uh i've always said how you give I mean, savage credit in a match that he's not in in it in it for wrestlemania 6 5 hogan no, versus six. warrior i mean
1: hogan uh, WrestleMania 5 is hogan savage right yeah i'm saying if you're if that was the match you were referencing as oh. a good match savage gets all the credit right i give
0: you that um meticulous
1: hogan's four-minute matches where he punched you clotheslined you threw you in the corner and clotheslined you clotheslined you one more time and then hit you with the boots in the face and the leg someone told him to do those moves and he did them well right Mm -hmm. okay you start going in the business for yourself and doing other stuff uh -uh, it's not working and then Mm -hmm. uh you know basically the same thing for sid no one ever did that for sid by the time sid comes around guys aren't saying stick on these five moves. They're just going to go out there and do roll-ups. But, mm-hmm. you know, look what happened to Sid. One of the most iconic moments in Nitro history is that ankle where that mm-hmm. dude falls over like a tree because Sid's probably hearing all this shit on the Internet, like, damn it, you can't go. He's like, oh, yeah, watch this. I'm going to do a double-axe handle, bitch. <laughs>
0: ah.
1: <laughs> I'm not ever doing that again. So, but Well, he used to, if, if Hogan. He used, to call, he used to tell guys, go, mm-hmm. when he did the right. joke slam.
0: That's <laughs> so, right. If Hogan got his four moves of doom, then Sid has the three moves of doom, a clothesline, a choke slam, and a power bomb, because that's all he really offered in this match. Sting wins this match, TW, but it really and with a roll-up reflection. That's a I good just, finish though. That's no, no, a good finish. No, 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 no. I'm 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 not I'm not, not disputing. The yeah. what set up the roll-up. Right. What set up the roll-up? I'm just I'm just I'm just reminding Reflection Ice because when you're mad about the roll-ups in WWE, I just wanted to know. This is cyclical. Again, that word It's. it's, this is 1993. And, you know, 28 years later, we still are doing the same damn things. Roll-ups work. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, neither here nor there. But in this match, the funny thing is, is the is Colonel Robert Parker is really trying to interject himself here, TW. And it costs Sid Vicious I guess, that title as being the franchise, as being the icon of WCW. And that's where the roll-up really works here. But, you know, the funny thing is Here's that... What I don't... You gotta explain something to me. Go ahead.
1: In the replay, even, it looks like, because in case people didn't watch it, Sting is pinning Sid, and Colonel Robert Parker's holding Sid's leg like he thinks it stinks. Mm-hmm. But Sid still kicked out and then looked at Robert Parker like, hey, man, that's my leg. And he goes, oh, because he's still holding it. And that's Mm -hmm. how Sting got the roll-up was them two. And then they teased the breakup, probably to see if the crowd would cheer Sid. And they did. And they didn't do the damn breakup. But Mm -hmm. why did he kick out? That would have been fine for him to just lose that way. Like, your own manager cost you. His interference backfire because he thought he was holding Sting's leg and held yours. It almost makes it look like when Warrior Lot loses to Rude the exact same way but Bobby Heenan's holding mm-hmm. Warrior's leg, it makes every other person that got pinned that way look bad. Not that th- people even cared or thought about that, but Sid kicking out of it
0: made no damn sense. He should have just got pinned that way, if you ask me. I'm, I'll, I'll look at it as a fan, not as a man in the business. Or maybe a little bit of both. Think about it this way, T.W. Maybe I'm going to go with the the Hulk Hogan doesn't work for me, brother, kind of angle. Maybe he didn't want to do it that way. Maybe he thought in a different light he, it could have been a better roll-up or a better finish in his eyes, and just he did what he had to do, but he made, it, he made it plain as day to WCW management, maybe to Dusty Rhodes, Bill Watts, Eric Bischoff, whoever's the powers that be behind the scenes. I ain't doing it the way you want me to do I'm going to do it my own way. And if it looks stupid to people watching it, so what? Because the funny thing about this, he's not here. He's not in WCW for another month or more. Then he's gone. He's gone. Oh, okay. I, that's he, where he was at ECW? No, no, no. He just, he's gone. I think, he, you know, he does, He just, he, he left a little bit and then went back to WWE <laughs> as Cycle Sid. So that that's the, that's the thing. So, T.W., do you think that assessment is more I, of the way? I think
1: mean, if I'm Sid, I'd rather lose because one guy's pinning my shoulders and the other guy's holding my legs before I got rolled up. Mm-hmm. I get the roll up. The roll up right. is, is a thing of, like, uh, a gotcha. You know what I mean? But the gotcha mm-hmm. is more embarrassing than being pinned because your manager's holding your leg down. Then it looks completely like it's not your fault. Right. When you get rolled up, it's because you took your eye off the prize and now you just got rolled up and you lost. So I don't think he chose the roll up over the pin with Parker holding his leg unless you said, he's like, yeah, fuck this, watch this,
0: I'm going to do it this way instead. Like, but mm-hmm. it made him look bad in my eyes. You know, yeah, it like, made him again, It's bad for business. The, yeah. the way he went, maybe he went into business for himself to do a finish that he it just didn't make sense to a lot of people. But Sting did what he had to do, he did what he was told to do again, Mr. Right. Loyalty, Mr. WCW. So he the French right, he made lemons, he made lemonade out of lemons on this situation, and it worked. And again, like I said, you know, for reflection, that didn't know that he would leave WCW in November of 93 after an angle with Big Van Beta, but we don't have to go into that. TW again, it's contracts. It's politics, mismanagement again with WCW in the hierarchy. So you know, again, we prove again beyond a shadow of a doubt, we got some A players, we got some all-star players here. They just don't. There's know another do match
1: on this card.
0: What? we we blew
1: by? It's not one of the big ones, but just that the idea in 1987 that these two guys would wrestle each other would have been like fucking nut in your pants type shit to a kid in WWE world. Is Steamboat versus Mr. Wonderful on the undercard and then there's mm-hmm. Bulldog versus Regal for the TV title on the undercard. Um so there's there's tons of guys that we didn't even talk about who's on this roster and mm-hmm. the reason I bring up Steamboat and and Wonderful is as I'm watching it I'm going who's winning this and all my money would have been on Orndorff losing clean and I would mm-hmm. have lost it cuz Orndorff won by countout because right. Jody Hamilton, the mass assassin, put the mm-hmm. loaded thing in his hat and headbutted Steamboat. And Steamboat did the white, mate, white meat baby face thing to do where he tried to get in that ring. And he just, just came short of it instead of just laying dead on the floor. He gave the, the fans the, reason to cheer right. for him. But, but He offered finish, the drama.
0: He offered the drama, as you would right. say.
1: This, this finish, and again, this is why, and the reason I'm bringing all these up is this is why I'm calling it a trick. <laughs> the Austin finish is confusing. The damn finish. This Sid and Sting's finish is basically the same as Austin and Rhodes, other than Sid didn't pin him first. But it's mm-hmm. the exact same finish. Distracted, right. rolled up. Uh Stimo getting counted out instead of just getting pinned. And he took the pile driver and kicked mm-hmm. out. So that's how you I was gonna tell you earlier. That's how you know it's not a Bill Watts pay per view because the pile driver wasn't illegal and there mm-hmm. was no disqualification for throwing the guy over the top rope. That opening right. match was terrible. Um and and then there's two more matches coming where there's another stupid finish coming up, well, and then the last one it's just the most confusing of all to me. But you're just gonna have to walk me through it
0: because I I, I, I will I will at do the I will do belt. my I will do my best. But we're getting into the co-main events here. This one is for the WCW International Heavyweight Championship, and why is it called that? Reflection Ice? is because the relationship, the working partnership between NWA and WCW fizzled. In September of 1993, so they had to rebrand Ric Flair's big gold belt into the WCW International Heavyweight Championship to give it credence, to give it prestige, and all that stuff. But everybody knows Ric Flair's big gold belt is the NWA belt, is the WCW belt, no matter what. It's not international. It's not universal. It's not uh, galactic. It is the WCW Heavyweight Championship. So Ric Flair is trying to regain that title against ravishing Rick Rude. And you know, T.W., the, the funny thing where this all started, and, and it's so simplistic that, you know, we love it. You know, sometimes AEW just throws matches, you know, on the wall and see if it sticks because, you know, you got hardcore fans that just wants to see the matches. They really don't want to see a build. They really don't want to see a storyline. But this match and this rematch for the WCW International Heavyweight Championship started from a talk show, Flair from the goal, you know, where Rick Rue, wanted to get the digits from Ric Flair's personal valet or personal uh waitress or whatever it was or personal maid Fifi. So and Fifi and current wife in 2021 who probably who uh who got her uh box you know licked on the plane and that was a <laughs> meme for about weeks but anyway neither here nor there but it wasn't really him you know that no right? i know I, I know it wasn't him but uh, that was a funny thing and i, I was running along with that <laughs> shit but But T.W., it's so simplistic that you start off with a talk show. Rick Rude is the man he is. He's a player. He goes after women across the country. He spots Fifi. He eyes Fifi. He wants to get with Fifi. And Ric Flair is playing the the gentleman, the man who's going to defend Fifi's honor. It might be hokey for people, but it's so simplistic, and it gives you reason here. And, of course, Rick Rude defeated Ric Flair on the pay-per-view before it in fall brawl to become the heavyweight champion. So this is a rematch. So you already got a build of a rivalry. What say you TW? It's it's Steamboat. I'm, I keep going back to
1: Steamboat, man. I think I'm losing he's my just... mind. It's Flair Savage. Elizabeth was mine before she was yours all over again, but Flair's a good guy. It's Flair's mm-hmm. woman. And he's trying to take this, thus proving what? IWCY D C you ever see on wrestling you will see again and you mm-hmm. will have seen before because it's cyclical everything comes back and this angle just and it's a year after Flair and Savage did it the opposite way with with right. Flair is the the Rick Rude of the of the match the, the antagonist. they traded and they traded world title wins amongst each other so it's now they just did it in another company with a different opponent and Flair became the babyface which by the way watching this match flair as a baby face does not work. It does in WWE. When he comes back for that last run where mm-hmm. you sympathize for him. Um, and it's funny cause I watch him in this match and I think there's a couple times he tries being Ricky Morton, like trying to get that underdog heat. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but he, the problem is he's twice Ricky Morton's size and he's bigger than Rick rude, but not taller. So it doesn't work. It, and you know, you know how he likes to beg off like, no, no, don't do that. He was still doing that as a baby face. So, you know, mm-hmm. for people to say Ric Flair is the greatest of all time, I'll say this. You're wrong, and it's okay. Uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are two guys who could wrestle heel and were heel, or wrestle babyface and were babyface. It mm-hmm. didn't matter okay. what role they were, they played it. And Ric Flair as a babyface does not work. Now, I do have a question for you, because it had to have been a mistake. And if it wasn't, then where the hell have I been? They said Ric Flair won his first world title from Dusty Rhodes in 1979. And I'm like, bullshit. He wasn't world champion in the 70s. He was world champion like 83, 82, whatever. Maybe 81. 81. I remember 81. Wasn't it Harley that he beat to win the first world title? Or was it Dusty? No, it was Dusty. So Dusty and Flair were fighting for the world title before Flair fought Harley. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. That's insane, but, it, but wasn't it wasn't 1979. Yeah, it
0: wasn't, it wasn't 79. He might have been fighting for that. Be- in the 70s, he was the U.S. champion. In the 70s, right. he was, you know, all that other And that's territorial.
1: post-plane post crash? hmm Plane crash, mm-hmm. 74, something 70, like that. 73
0: or 74, I was like going to say
1: 73, but that's the year I was born. But I was mm-hmm. thinking it was the year after I was born. But yeah, I'm like, he didn't win
0: a world title in 1979. They were all in the 80s. Yeah, it was, it was all the 80s. But, you know, man, 81. Who who said it? Jesse Ventura or Tony Schiavone? Tony said it. Oh, you know why? Right. He was dressed as Jesse, and, and you know that that uh, that plastic thing that he head. was cover the rubber head. It was covering his brain cells, so he did not know what he was talking about. But anyway, neither here right. nor there. Now the funny thing about this match, TW, there was two referees here, so I get you was trying to talk about that situation, and here's the situation: Terry Taylor. I don't know why he was here. He had no stake in the claim, but you know. You you always love Terry Taylor, so, you know, I know you popped your chair. He you did that Terry throwback F- Madison Square Garden referee outfit, too, eh? Yeah, he did that. But there was two referees. Terry Taylor was the enforcer on the outside, and, of course, it was Randy Wee Anderson on the inside, T.W., and Terry Taylor was a little bit biased, I, I guess you would say. He wanted, he, he wanted one Rick to really win, and that was Ric Flair. He wanted Ric Flair to become the heavyweight champion again, so... And it played its role at the end, where Ric Flair was gonna do his cheating. You know, the good guy is cheating with brass knuckles in his in his trunks. It's not a good look. You know, like you said, he he doesn't know how to wrestle as a babyface. He wrest- He knows how to wrestle as a heel. So he uses the the brass knucks. He hits Rick Rude. We think he's gonna be a champion for maybe the 11th time. To- I forget the number. It, it was 11. The,
1: they said 10 during that, It man? was
0: gonna be the 11th time heavyweight champion, but. Randy Pee Wee Anderson, who was hit outside, who was brought outside for some strange... This is now old 80s booking, which I had no problem with. Somehow, someway, he got to look like this. Reflection. He, he was on the apron like this. He looked. And then he saw what Ric Flair did. Terry Taylor didn't see shit. But Terry Taylor was about to pin him down. And Terry Taylor, walk- at one
1: point in the match, I think it was Flair, was holding the ropes. And Terry mm. pushed his hands. And then he got rolled into the sunset flip. I think mm-hmm. it was Flair that he did that too. So to show his unbiased, right? Like I might want no.
0: Flair to win, but I'm gonna call down the middle. Yeah, well, that's what he was trying to say. So, TW, I, I think the referee play out here was excellent, in the professor's humble opinion. You had, and of course, you you was already going gaga over Terry Taylor. So you know, don't you <laughs> wish he, it was the he had the red rooster referee suit on or whatever.
1: I, I, I choose to forget the Red Rooster year. That ruined his career. I know. We know that. He's never going to be in a Hall of Fame. He's never going to be... Well, he, he might got never... One,
0: be, well, he's <laughs> going to be in the Hall of Fame. No, no, no. He, he's not
1: the damn Red Rooster.
0: He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. It might not be WWE, but he's in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Hall of Fame, the Actor Mag Hall of Fame. He's probably in the Impact Hall of Fame from because they made a
1: Legends figure of him.
0: Uh, that's okay. the only other figure he's got.
1: Looks nothing like him. Um, but... uh. But he, he uh, I like this look here. I didn't get why he was there. And 93, this is a month before I started training to wrestle. So I don't know why I would. I know when I was a kid, I didn't buy pay-per-views. I, I know that much. But, mm-hmm. you know, you'd still get to see the results on Saturday night and then whenever night show started or whatever. But uh, um, but this match for me, as I'm watching it, very similar to how I felt with Steamboat versus Savage, or Steamboat versus uh, Orndorff. It was like, wow, this is like, this isn't even a dream match, because they were both baby faces when, when they were there at the same time. Orndorff was Hogan's best friend, and then turn
0: heel on him, and mm-hmm. at the same
1: time, well, I was 86. They fought,
0: no, but they fought each other in WWF in the same contrast. You know, Orndorff was a heel, and Steamboat was the Right, but I don't face. remember it, and it would have been like prime time wrestling. They didn't have a, huh. uh, a run. You know, they didn't have a feud, if you will. Okay. I, I his, that. Feuds,
1: his feuds were with Jake the Snake. They were with Macho Man. They were with... Uh, one other one because both of those morocco, guys put morocco. In those guys. don morocco hanging them i think hercules he had a few yeah. hercules or um mm-hmm. so but he just never had a program with 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 orndorf and uh but they were both two of my favorite dudes there man i mean paul Orndorff was he-man i say a million times that dude looked like the action figure of he-man was in a wrestling ring and so mm-hmm. um to watch that but now rick rude versus Flair what i'm thinking is i i don't I don't remember Flair or Rude ever being a baby face in WWE, but I think Never. he was for a minute in WCW, um, but not long. No. Wasn't he before he became Rick Rude and Manny Fernandez became the
0: R&R Express? No, Rick Rude has been, well. Career heel. He's been a career heel, but I'll give you this. Maybe in Mid-South, in the Tennessee area, I'll, get, I'll say, I don't know Rick Rude's uh, pedigree of being a heel or face there. Maybe there's... But the big hard. two,
1: he was heel the whole time and world class. Yes. Oh, so he's the steamboat of heels. Mm-hmm. Steamboat was always a babyface. So watching him versus Flair, Flair, there's an old wrestling, after Meg, uh, article, The Night the Fans Booed Everybody. And you know what the match was? In fact, yeah. Bill After, Big Ray, I don't want you to play this for Bill After because I hope Bill After had a hand in this article. Maybe he didn't, but he at least printed it. Um, it said the night the fans booed everybody and it was either Madison square garden or Boston garden. What one of them, you know, mainstays of the WWE circuit, mm-hmm. it was the iron chic and Nikolai Volkov versus the dream team. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, nobody cared. And this is why you didn't have heel versus heel matches. Cause if the fans aren't behind somebody, they don't give a shit about the match. They will not watch it. They will not care. They will throw stuff in the ring. I don't remember the whole article. I just remember that. And then it dawned on me. Wow. Yeah. You never, you know, because you, as a kid, you don't realize there's lines in the sand that there's bad guys and good guys. You knew the Heenan family was together. You knew the Hart family was together. You knew Fuji mm-hmm. stable was together, but you didn't realize they were all together. And in back of your head, you probably thought because they would, they would show a little mean, uh, mean gene interviewing Heenan and, and him and Fuji would give each other the evil eye. Like, you of course. think, shit, we're going to get Morocco versus John Studd, but you never did. Right. They implied it. But at the end of the day, bad guys fought good guys. Good guys fought bad guys. That's how it was. And then there was a match in the King of the Ring, which is the opposite of the night the fans boot, everybody. It was mm-hmm. Ricky Steamboat versus Davey Boy Smith. And Davey Boy Smith kicked Steamboat and missed. Steamboat got out of the way, and he crotched himself on the rope with a drop kick. I've never seen it before. I haven't seen it since. And he mm-hmm. couldn't continue and Steamboat felt bad for him or whatever. That was the same King of the Ring that Dynamite Kid beat Nikolai Volkov with the missile drop kick while he was singing the Russian national anthem. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, King it wasn't the King of the Ring. It was the Russian yeah.
0: classic. But oh you know, yeah, the
1: wrestling classic. But mm-hmm. it's a great Coliseum home video if you can get your hands on it. I'm sure it's on the network. Peacock. Um but that match there showed you there just was no heat from the crowd. Babyface versus babysate and then look, Hogan Rock, Toronto. Hogan Warrior, Toronto, the fans are literally split down the middle. And in the Hogan Rock case, they turned on the Rock. It went full Hogan, you know, Mm -hmm. because you had babyface versus babyface. And Hogan was a tweener when he wrestled the Rock, but everybody knew Hogan was
0: getting cheated. I I, I know where you're going with this. And besides the Dream Team and Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik, WWE... Is good with the with the heel against heel bec- or the face against face because of the theatrics and what it's you know before something but that if they starts. build it up if they build it up they build it better. South never does that. South just you know if, if a heel fights like a fighting heel each other for that belt and that that belt's the only reason they're fighting right. each other. So it would be Flair's that a good guy it just doesn't
1: work, man. No, no,
0: it, it would be that or just the battle royal where you just see it for a couple of seconds where a heel fights there, so a that's
1: heel. Testing that's one thousand percent. Right. Testing, mm-hmm. see who gets the bigger. I told you, right. Luger and Razor Ramon at the Palace of Auburn Hills, they had them do something to Bret Hart that backfired, and then the next five minutes was them standing off in almost a yay-boo, but they didn't do the yay-boo because they're both heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the yay-boo is, right? Yes. Um, and they did it, and the crowd was split down the middle. Two weeks later, both of them turned babyface mm-hmm. because they're testing the waters to see who's going to get the fans behind them. So like right. you said, they do it better. Because they invest more time in doing it, but mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how you felt. But my whole point of bringing all that up was, I just felt like the the crowd didn't care about this. The crowd felt flat for this match. It felt like
0: they didn't care who won. And then you know the, why? The finish was another screw job, and nobody cared. I think I think there was a I think the placement of this match because this was before the main event, which was a non title match, which made no sense. This right. is. For the heavyweight championship, and in the the cardinal rule, in my my opinion, is the heavyweight championship should end any match. You have a any WCW pay-per-view, yep. any pay per view. You have the WCW International Heavyweight Championship. This should end your pay per view. This should end your you know your main event. You know what's funny about that? What is you're gonna call it a world title? An international
1: title. <laughs> which one is it? International sounds like the intercontinental title of Europe is what it sounds like. And you know, they, they said it over and over again, on a tour of Europe, and that belt's going to be on it. Like, that's where it gets defended, is on that side of the world. So, therefore, it's not a world title. And then they say, mm-hmm. but Vader's going to be there with the WCW
0: world title. It's just like, God, you, it's a struggle. They should the trying just They're trying to save face, and, you know, they did merge it in 94, but we don't have to get into that. But, before we get to the main event reflection, I just want to say one thing, in my opinion that Rick Rude doesn't get a lot of credit, in my opinion, T.W., I know, I'm know i not talking about this match. I'm just talking about Rick Rude's contribution to WCW. WCW was in the shitter. Yeah. In, in, in many ways, even visually. I'm not talking about management, but it was in the shitter. And when Rick Rude came in 91, naughty one, whatever you want to call it, he saved WCW because he, he gave, he, he injected something because things needed power. to he, well, not only star power, but Sting needed an antagonist. Luger was leaving. There was no – and Flair wasn't there. There was nobody. and Vader wasn't the Vader that we know by 93. So you needed some – like you said, I like that word, star power. Rick Rude saved WCW from from the total abysmal. That, that's just the way I look at that. I don't think Rick, Rick Rude gets enough credit for what he did and I from 91 to 94. And I'm, and I'm sticking to it. JB, if you listen to this in
1: purgatory, Rick Rude is in the conversation for one of the best to never be world heavyweight champion, if not the best, because he was never world champion. But he, he just had. He, he just belt, fought. Belt. That belt's because Rick Flair
0: brought it back. That's but why it, he had that it, uh, it, it, it was NWA. I'm just saying, it was NWA heavyweight champion. Yeah, and then they went to WWE, and then they made a new WCW belt,
1: and the NWA <laughs> belt was dead. <laughs> you really never world a... champion. You, He's like the Intercontinental
0: champion. Wait a minute, he world class heavyweight champion. He and was a world title. How you? you, you Not world you, 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 title. You're too picky. You're too picky. There are three world titles. Okay.
1: WWF. Mm-hmm. NWA. AWA. Those were the world titles. That's it. Mm. You're gonna say world class is a world title? Then so was UWF. It was. No, yes it was. it was. It was. No, it was not. It's my favorite promotion of all time. Don't disrespect Dr. And they didn't even but, uh, Merge that belt with the WCW. They just let it go. Uh, I and they see. merge it with the Western States Heritage title.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? TW he... Reflection He has his access to grind, but you know they were world heavyweight champions. We all recognize certain world heavyweight champions, but I just want to give props where props are due for ravishing. I got a question food. for you. Shoot, ECW was it a world title?
1: Of course. No, it's not. No, it's yes, not. it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it, if the world was Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania,
0: if that, that's a big, Pittsburgh, that that's, 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 a that's, a big, that's a big world. That's a big world. That that matters. Internet world. It Great matters in world. <laughs> it, it, it matters. But anyway, let's get into the main event here for Halloween Havoc 1993. It is one of the favorite concepts of TW. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Big Van Vader is the WCW Heavyweight Champion, but he's not defending the title because it's a non-sanctioned match. Being represented by Harley Race, the manager of champions, one of the most underrated managers because all he kept managing was heavyweight champions. Going up against... Going up against Cactus Jack. So, you know, again, we don't have to go into the, the, the stuff where the, you know, the European tour, the ear is cut off and all that stuff. And, you know, this was Dusty's idea of trying to humanize Cactus Jack, being the lovable... You know, human uh, daredevil with what he was doing because it it was a good approach by Dusty Rose to, to try to draw empathy for what Cactus Jack's body was putting. You know, he was putting a toll on his body, and Dusty Rose really wanted to focus on the empathy from the crowd, and it worked because by then he gets this he gets this main event slot here at Halloween Havoc 1993. Again, I wish that they would rig the, the the spin the wheel make the deal a little bit better. They two years in a row, the first one was a coal miners glove match and the, the people in Philadelphia hated that concept. This time they thought they did a, they they hit a home run, but you know, again, trick or treat TW. It was a Texas death match, TW. So you, you don't said, honestly think I didn't know both of those matches before they got to the building that day. They did you know. watch
1: that wheel spin?
0: Yes, I did. It...
1: Passed Texas Death and went back to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, man, um, they knew it was a Texas Death match. I think, I think the first uh, wheel in 92 between Jake Roberts and Sting, that was actually, you know, off the cuff. It was a shoot. They did not know. They didn't rig the, the wheel better. But Nin- 93 they made sure to rig the wheel better. So I guess a Texas death match made all the sense in the world and and TW I kept trying to see if there was a steel cage up in the roof like they do where they lower them down I never saw a steel cage. So if
1: it mm-hmm. would have landed on steel cage, you think it would have took an hour to put that son bitch up after Ric Flair versus Rick Rude?
0: No, they would have done exactly. that.
1: Exactly that that match was Booked to be a Texas death match And I'll bet you they thought that Cold minor glove match is going to be some hot shit Oh that is new shit No, mm-hmm. no it wasn't it was drizzling shit Now,
0: now I, I may be the professor but you know Texas death matches The rules change Depending yes, on who you do that, that,
1: That's why I got confused From there from the start of that match on I'm like what this is false count Anywhere match just get up to a 10 count But then they're pinning each other then I thought it was an Iron Man, man. Like, how many pins have there been? That's what it rest was. Area. I'm like, what the
0: fuck is a rest area? I'm like, what what is happening here? So while while you say that they rigged the wheel for Texas Deathmatch, it wasn't a Texas Deathmatch. It was every other match concept on the wheel <laughs> that they <laughs> added the into coal. the. Without, without the coal, without the coal miners well. going, yeah. To so. I don't think – I think reflection is if you go on the Peacock and, and watch this, you'll understand where we were confused because this is not a traditional Texas death Match. This you know, is- Texas death Match. it's
1: in the ring, and then you mm-hmm. get
0: knocked – like boxing. It was like boxing. You got mm-hmm. knocked
1: out and you had 10 seconds to get up. I do recall maybe once or twice a guy tapped out or got pinned, and then he had 10 seconds to get up, mm-hmm. and he got up, right? That was the saving grace. I tapped right. so I had energy to stand read- up. But they weren't mm-hmm. fighting in the damn ramp in the crowd and every they fought in the damn ring. This was an anything goes
0: match without pin- yeah. Was. This was
1: anything
0: But this is this is the funny thing for the, this was not a Texas Death Match. This was a two out of three falls match too because there was three considerable considerable falls. Cactus Jack won a fall, Vader won a fall, and of course Vader wins at the no, end. Pins. So that's why there was a rest because one of them won. Right, that's but confuse me again. I guess depending on the promotion, a Texas Death Match is interpreted in many different ways. So a Tex, it should just have been a call a Death Match. You added right. Texas, maybe that's why we were, you and me. TW are used to certain rules in a Texas Death Match because you know Dusty Rhodes. I'm not, and Terry Funk, king of the Texas Death Matches. Would you agree or disagree on that one? You know. Those are the guys, or the Von Ericks doing a Texas Death Match. That's where it makes sense. This is not a Texas Death Match, but anyway, Vader wins this match, and it's not about him winning the match. I think again, Dusty Rose's mindset to me, TW, is trying to build the empathy card, trying to build sympathy towards Cactus Jack in a losing effort. Yes, thank you very much. I, I knew I was right. I knew I was making <laughs> sense about something here. That's where I'm going with T.W. What do you say? What What did you get out of this match for Cactus Jack? We know that Big Van Vader again, international superstar, one of the best gaijins from New Japan, All Japan Pro Wrestling history. He's a Hall of Famer over there for a reason. He dominated the Japanese scene. He put Antonio, Antonio Inoki on his ass. It's stiff. It was stiff, too. I, I tell this story all the time. I gotta, I can't, we can't talk about Vader or me not, but
1: there were three guys willing to work with him at WCW at one point. Cactus Jack was one of them, Davey Boy mm-hmm. Smith, and Sting. Those were the only three guys. And then Ron Simmons was like, I'll do it. And they put the belt on him. So guys just would not work him because he was so stiff. And I think I told the story I before where the Bulldog did an interview, and he's like, I think it was a WWE match. He got mm-hmm. Leon, ease up. Ease up ease up and and Leon didn't ease up and Bulldogs just forearmed the shit out of him and jumped on his ribs like Finn Balor's move but like shoot jumped on Mm -hmm. his ribs and everyone says Vader was a sweetheart of a human being like he wouldn't like hurt a fly but he could right like almost Frankenstein ish I think I told you this when I was at that great American bash him and Haku were in the damn end of the aisle in a lockup collar and elbow tie up for about half the show, just and in the corner, and everyone would just look down the hallway go, yeah, that's just those guys being those guys. But Cactus Jack, here's here's why this is a trick. Mm-hmm. O gets counted out and beat. Sid gets rolled up so he doesn't get beat. Stone Cold gets rolled up so he doesn't get beat. And now Cactus Jack, I still don't know how the hell he lost. I think he got cattle prodded. They stole the Mounties cattle prod. They just wouldn't say it was a cattle <laughs> prod for gimmick infringements. And all I think is if you're if you're so worried about saving the fucking loser, it was a it was a stun gun. Yes. Don't have him wrestle the match. Have Vader pin someone that you don't care if he gets Mm -hmm. beat because in in the end, it makes you all three champions won by losing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're disqualified, Flair. And Flair's like, ah, ah, that's all he kept saying. Ah. Sid loses. He doesn't have a belt. Sting beats him, but Sid beat himself. And Mm -hmm. and then Dustin shouldn't have left there as champion. Uh, Vader shouldn't have left there as champion because he got pinned by Cactus Jam, but it doesn't count It's not title. Anyway, just this whole show was just, let's protect everybody. And by protecting everybody, we just made a big giant bowl of Dusty Rhodes (laughs) snodge finishes. And it was just, it's bad because Mm -hmm. nobody wins. No one left there feeling good about Sting having to beat Sid because his manager held his leg first, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. that's the logic. Well, he kicked out of that, but then Sting still got him with the roll-up. No! Sting only got him with the roll-up because he was distracted with his manager who held his leg, and Steve Austin flat-out beat Dustin. And then then they were like, nah, nah. I think his foot was on the rope. And then he gets rolled up, but he's not paying. So, if anything, they're they're trying to protect guys, makes them look better than their actual champions. So just put the damn belt
0: on them. And then... Um, So in essence, so so in essence, TW, wait, tag belts. So in essence, TW, they over, Dusty Rhodes overthought everything to try to protect everybody and make it everybody as equal as possible. looks bad. Mm -hmm. That's why 93, they never caught up with WWE. They never had decisive
1: wins. Everybody screwed everybody. Baby faces couldn't even win clean. Mm -hmm. Flair's pulling out brass knucks. I think he got them from somewhere. I don't know. But then there's the tag title match on there. Two nights early. No, one night earlier. Two cold Scorpio and Bump Bagwell win the tag belts from the Nasty Boys and then lose them right back the next day. It's like mm. one, another snog finish. Missy Hyatt distracts him. Nobs hits him with the boot. Everybody loses and in, in nobody just wins other than mm-hmm. the opening match. That, we now figure out why the opening match happened. And Bulldog and Regal, that's another title match. Went the 10-minute draw. TV title on the line on a pay-per-view. By the way, that's not TV. And usually it's TV time remaining. It's the third match, and there's two hours left in the show. Shouldn't the match still be going on until one of them wins because it it's should TV be, time it, remaining?
0: It should be 30 minutes on a pay-per-view, but neither here nor there on the logistics. Right. But right. they didn't do but it. It's
1: Or 60, 60, because on TV, a show is 60 minutes. So, mm-hmm. you know, theory. But it's just every everything about this. There's no clear-cut winners other than... And, of course, Booker T had to take the pin from Uncle Fred. It's just like everything about this is wrong. you got mm-hmm. so much talent, so much potential, and every single match has a schmazz finish, and that's why I said it was a trick. I, I literally got done at the end of this going, man, this
0: had so much potential to be better, and it just mm-hmm. wasn't. Well, it w- it was in 1989, which was the best Halloween Havoc out of the the whole franchise. I don't know if you've... Know you,
1: one or the, the no, it was one?
0: Yeah, it was Muda, Stang, Flair, and Funk in the Thunderdome. Besides the faux yeah. pas of, of the electricity, but that was the best one out of it. I don't know how you feel. You stole that spot. I don't know how you feel about the NXT Halloween Havocs, but we don't have to go with that. But anyway, They've had them before? Yeah, last year they had NXT Halloween Havoc. Oh, don't you didn't even remember. know about that. I don't even remember. I, I bet you I saw it, but I don't remember it. it. I guess it wasn't that memorable or that good. So, and they're gonna have a Halloween Havoc in a couple of in about two weeks.
1: Yeah, I know. I was so, stoked
0: for it. I'm I'm
1: wondering how they're even gonna pull the war games off. They're gonna have to have two guys and two girls. You know what I read the other day? Stunned what? me. Stunned what? me because I have yet to see a war games match that I didn't like, other than the women's. And it's not because they were women, just because the match sucked. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when they end up being four on three because. The other girl turned no four and two and the two won. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. uh, Candice and Shotzi, I think, won when Tegan Knox got knocked out by uh, Dakota guy. And Dakota never it, it just but it's a whole thing was and the one with three teams was kind of weird, but it still was a good match, good finish. Johnny Gargano has never been in a war games. That's no, a ever. travesty. That is a absolute travesty.
0: Well, I, I want to say this. Uh, And then we'll close this out because uh, War Games and NXT won't happen this year to me because there's not enough star power to do it. Right. They're going to do one. They're going to do one if they got to bring back guys back. Remember, they brought Kevin Owens back for one. Yeah, but then it won't really be uh, authentic to me if you have to bring back for star power. They
1: should have had the way versus Mm -hmm. another four, you know, two guys, two girls, where the Mm -hmm. girls fought in this ring and the guys fought in in this ring. Well,
0: We'll see what they do. But anyway, the that is...
1: Done.
0: <laughs> well, with that being said, T.W., we close out this PWR podcast here at the PW also Networks at Powerbeam.com. I guess on the finality, it is a trick that it is Halloween Havoc 1993. So, you know, but I'm going to give you a treat next week, T.W., because we're going to do a spotlight. We are going to go back to doing a spotlight. And it's not... And it's going to be... In the essence of Halloween, because it is a treat. What are we going to spotlight on, TW? It's not a person. It's not a manager. It's not a tag team. It's a concept, TW. The Steel Cage Match. We're gonna talk about the greatest steel cage matches that you and I have ever seen. We're gonna talk about them all. We're gonna talk about WWE blue steel cage matches. We're gonna talk about the NWA Steel Cage matches with the referee inside the ring. We might even talk about war games. We might talk yes. about Tower of Doom. We might talk about Hell in a Cell. But we're gonna but if there's a cage and there's a fence reflection eyes, we're gonna talk about it. But we're gonna highlight and spotlight the Steel Cage concept. What do you think about that? Is that a I treat? Like it. Top of your head.
1: When you said the best of the best, I know what popped in my head. What popped in yours?
0: Well, you know what? I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be an old head here. Snuka Morocco, one nice. of the best I like cage it. matches. Owen Brett popped. In my there head. you go. See, that's what it is. And people might go with, well, what about Mick Foley? That's fence and that's Blue Steel. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, reflection acts, I know you're gonna say, what about Mankind and Undertaker? We'll talk about that again. If, it, if a there's offense, tell me a Mac. If there's yeah, a fence. The <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk about that. Save that for next week, yeah. TW. So TW, give out those socials so we can get out of here. All right. So we're part of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network. That's
1: PWC Network at Podbean.com. Obviously, we're at PW Reflection on the Twitter. Uh, JB, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I mentioned you earlier, so I'm going to do it one more time at VP1JB. Uh, at Big Ray Hernandez, we can't do any of this without him. He's already he's already plugging this show while we're recording. He's got comments and likes and a Halloween Havoc post on the fa- Facebook page. Um, he, got so he got giddy. He
0: got giddy because I, I he got giddy because I picked this. So I guess he, he's right. very happy that and, which is.
1: also I never talk about. There is a pro wrestling the PW Hustle page and the pro wrestling pot reflection is PW Hustle two, I think. But you change it back to a pro wrestling reflection page on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. and then you have me. Tommy Wonder19 is both my Instagram and my political pop uh, hate, hate the people Twitter, but also my talking wrestling music and all good things is at the Tommy Wonder. Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. Uh, Snapchat is number wonder. Uh, I try to get that thing going. It's just, it's dead, man. You, don't, you can't hashtag on there or nothing. It's just it's usually just girls trying to get you to go to their o- OnlyFans on there. I don't really like Snapchat. But mm. anyways, and then the Big Vito brand, we can't do it without these guys. Big Vito Patreon.com backslash the Big veto brand. And of course, I'm wearing the hoodie. I'm an idiot. Matt and Stacy are the dum-dum duels. Their says dumb and dumb on theirs. And then That's Dumb Dumb Doing an Idiot on YouTube. After getting a bunch in a row, we've been slacking for the last couple weeks. We've both been out of town or whatever. Um, The last one we did was the chocolate-covered Vienna sausages. It's disgusting. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, we've gone from hot foods to disgusting foods to stupid foods. Um, And now, you know what? A side note of me doing all this stuff, Professor, I'm not a fan of hot foods, and all my friends now think I am. So people suggest to me hot foods all the time. I'm like, I don't like them. But yesterday, I went up to Port Huron, Michigan, met a buddy of mine up there. And what I do now, I'm sure you have Buffalo Wild Wings there. I'm sure Hooters. And Buffalo Wild Wings is called Blazin'. Yeah. Hooters is Three Mile Island. Like So now, whenever I go somewhere, I have to at least try the hottest one they have on the menu. And the place I found yesterday, it's called Wings, Etc. in Port Huron. So if you're in Michigan and you're up in Port Huron, it's about an hour north of here. This is the greatest concept of all times. Every wing place I've ever gone to, you had to get a minimum of four of that flavor or six of that flavor. Mm-hmm. Can, this place has a list this long of at least 12, 14 different flavors. You can order one of every flavor. You don't have to get
0: six like, of them. That's a Baskin Robbins of chicken.
1: Yeah. Give and so take. I
0: got
1: one was called Major Jerk, which is a Caribbean jerk. That's probably my favorite heat is the Caribbean jerk where it's got a little bit of kick to it, but it tastes good. Then Mm -hmm. the other one was called uh, Hey Jerk BBQ, or Barbecue, yeah. That one wasn't as good. It was more of a tangy barbecue than a jerk. And then I got the one that was called Wango. They had Wango. They had a- Wango Tango. And they had one (laughs) called The Wall. Oh, boy. The Wall was Habanero. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It was Habanero and Mango, so they called it Wango. And then the other one was uh, Atomic. I knew Atomic was going to be like blazing in Three Mile Island, which is hot for the sake of being hot, which mm-hmm. count me out. All three of them were the same heat, and my buddy got the one that was just habanero, and I got the one that was habanero mango. Mm-hmm. It made me sweat. It's hot as hell, but I enjoyed the taste of it because the mango and the habanero worked well together. My buddy ate just the habanero, which was called The Wall. Had to okay. take his glasses off. His eyes were watering. His whole face was red. His eyes were red. And I'm like... Now you see why I got it with the mango in there, because that's the trick. When you eat something yeah. hot, you gotta have something sweet in there too, so it's it's it offsets. Like it's not just hot; it's also tastes good. So, and I was drinking beer. Do, do I, you get a discount? You get a discount on this? Oh, you! I should get a damn. I'm gonna you tell them, hey, I you. You should. You're on my podcast, damn it. There you go. I'm just I'm trying to help drive you out here. again, it was it was an hour drive, but I would drive there again. On uh, Mondays it's ninety nine cent wings, which I th- I still think that's expensive. By the way, a dollar mm-hmm. for one chicken nugget. But uh, and I get them off the bone. Bone chicken is disgusting. So,
0: but those are all our socials. So now you go ahead and do yours. Wheeling and dealing. So if you get if you get some uh, free chicken for the professor, let it come out my way. But also I want that money. But anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter at pwsoprof. That's pwsoprof. Of course, we are on the PWOSO Networks on the YouTubes. Follow my brothers in arms, 8 Dastardly. That's his Twitter, 8TrackBrown, the king of the reactions. Cobra Kai is coming, Walking Dead and all that stuff. And of course, the man with the documents, the man who knows that this world is coming to an end. Billy really Ray Valentine at OB when you know me. And, of course, next week we're going to do the Spotlight, a special Halloween type of edition of Spotlight with the steel cage match concept. For that, I can't wait till next week. I'm the professor. That's Mr. Idiot of the Dumb Dumb Duo and an idiot. T.W. saying good night, and we will see you next time here on the P.W. Networks at PowerBeam.com. Say good night, T.W. Hoorah. Hoorah.